Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan. The idea that small, often minuscule, or even unknowable events can lead to enormous large-scale consequences for millions in distant places is not new. Scientists in the 19th century contemplated such questions as whether the removal of one grain of sand could adversely affect the entire beach. The first widespread published reference to this was a science fiction short story A Sound of Thunder, in 1952 by Ray Bradbury. Set in 2055, the characters use a time machine to travel back to the dinosaur era where the killing of a butterfly creates a domino effect with significant changes in future history. In the 1990 film Havana, starring Robert Redford and Lena Olin, Robert Redford, playing the role of a gambler with a knack for numbers in the movie, suggests that a butterfly in China flapping its wings may cause a hurricane in the Caribbean. The 2004 movie with Ashton Kutcher, actually titled The Butterfly Effect, was based on Bradbury's 1952 short story. The scientific concept of the butterfly effect was derived from the work of an MIT meteorology professor, Edward Lorenz, in a lecture he delivered in the mid-1970s at the annual meeting of the American Association for the Advancement of Science. He asked the audience, can a butterfly from Brazil flapping its wings cause a tornado in Texas? While his audience drew their own conclusions, Lorenz intended for his theory to demonstrate why complex and dynamic systems often have unpredictable reactions. This was in direct conflict with centuries of classic science theory that nature was totally predictable based on the known laws of nature. Lorenz said, And I quote, even if all the laws of nature were known, nothing, including the future, would remain known to people. Close quote. Lorenz further believed that nature's interdependent cause and effects relationships are too complex to resolve. So unfortunately, there are too many moving parts in any experiment to prove whether the butterfly effect is true or false. In the context of humanity's current struggle, 
What is the relevance of the butterfly effect? Well, that's what I will discuss right after our commercial break. To understand the relevance of the butterfly effect today, we must first define the current parameters of humanity's divisive conflict. In reality, mankind has been fighting the same battle since the beginning of life on Earth, namely, who is the boss of whom? America was founded on the concept of individual freedom based on our Constitution, a contract between individual sovereign states and their sovereign citizens that created a constitutional republic. The rights of every single individual were to be protected and secured by that document to prevent usurpation of power by the federal government. Instead, we are witnessing the total eradication of these constitutional guarantees and the breakdown of our constitutional republic. So who is to blame? Well, career legislatures go to Washington poor and retire rich. Why is that? Leaders with greed and a lust for power who would impose tyranny on the people while exempting themselves from the legal consequences of breaking the laws they impose on us. But the primary perpetrator is the federal judiciary and the Supreme Court. You know that I am the most dangerous uh, constitutional scholar of all. I read the written words and know what they mean. Those words set forth rules for governmental authority that are based on natural law rights and accepted timeless principles, such as the Ten Commandments and the Golden Rule. Many Supreme Court justices over the past hundred years, however, have voted for and written opinions that are in direct contradiction to those very doctrines on which our nation was founded. Their false and misguided rationale is the notion that the Constitution allows them to ignore principle and apply the realities of modern life to change the rules. Their true purpose is to circumvent the constitutional restraints on governmental authority to fundamentally change America and eliminate individual sovereignty and freedom. The Supreme Court and the federal court system are not infallible. The Supreme Court consists of men and women who are supposed to ignore their own personal opinions and prejudices to make judicial decisions based on the written law. Increasingly, federal judges at all levels ignore or deliberately obfuscate the written text of the law to inject social engineering concepts and political bias into each decision. In direct contradiction to our Constitution, legislating from the bench has become the new normal. The entire federal judiciary has become a legislative super branch, more powerful than Congress or the executive, that makes law without being directly accountable to the people. Without the unconstitutional and duplicitous actions of the federal judiciary, the socialist agenda of the globalist elite would be stalled, dead in the water. Historians have incessantly warned us not to disregard the lessons of history, lest we repeat failures that could have been avoided. While we are living right now in an era of rampant ignorance of history, our nation is on the precipice of division and possibly dissolution precisely because we are refusing to learn from the past. America has faced ex existential dangers. 
In the past, these threats were from foreign enemies outside our country. Now our domestic enemies desperately want to erase history in order to change our future. This is not a new strategy. Remember the story of Joseph and the children of Israel in Egypt. Joseph's interpretation of Pharaoh's dreams saved the Egyptians from starvation. The children of Israel became valuable members of Egyptian society until warlike tribes from south of Egypt in Africa, they conquered Egypt. And as it tells us in the book of Exodus, chapter 1, verse 8, and there arose in Egypt a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. That history, that history of the children of Israel, of Joseph, was erased by the new Pharaoh, and the children of Israel became slaves in Egypt. In 1440, Gutenberg invented the printing press, and since then, burning books has become a favorite tactic of dictators to prevent the spread of knowledge among the common folks. When there were no books, literacy was a right of the privileged and the elite. But being able to read now printed material made all of this knowledge available to everyone. Heinrich Heine, a 19th century German poet, prophetically wrote, quote, Wherever they burn books, they will also, in the end, burn human beings. How prophetic that statement was. Here's history from Nazi Germany in the 1930s. Book burnings took place in 34 university towns and cities. Works of prominent Jewish and anti-Nazi writers ended up in the bonfires. The Nazi University Student Association created blacklists of works by famous authors such as Ernest Hemingway that were to be thrown in the flames. In the aftermath of the book burnings, the Nazis raided bookstores, libraries, and publishers' warehouse to confiscate materials it deemed dangerous or, as they called it, un-German. Kristallnacht is another example from Nazi Germany. Hitler and Goebbels, they were enraged by the assassination of a German diplomat in Paris by a Jewish student there, and they allowed two days of violence, looting, burning of Jewish synagogues, businesses, and homes that was made to look like spontaneous demonstrations, and the police were forbidden to arrest the looters. Isn't that what's going on in America right now? Books, movies, TV programs are banned. Dr. Seuss, gone. Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben, Superman, Roy Rogers, the Lone Ranger, and Wonder Woman are gone. The heroes of our childhoods have been banned and blacklisted. Free speech obstructed and outright abolished. American culture and our natural national heritage blacklisted. And, of course, every dictatorship 
needs a scapegoat. And that scapegoat in America today is you and me. Yes, we are the scapegoats, but we are ultimately also at fault. Don't hold your breath waiting for the North Carolina government and our representatives in Raleigh to protect our rights. Don't hold your breath waiting for the federal government to obey the Constitution. Remember Eisenhower's warning about the military-industrial complex? Well, what we have now is the corporate political complex, that enormous swamp of giant international corporations with money to control the political machinery of government. That decision by the Supreme Court in Citizens United allowed corporations to be treated as people, and they can contribute enormous amounts of money to candidates who they favor. And in return, those candidates are essentially blackmailed to doing what the corporations want them to do. And so now I can explain the butterfly effect and its relevance today. The butterfly effect is a tool of the globalist elite to promote the concept that all humanity is interdependent on each other. The butterfly effect is a tool to blame society for human frailty and the failures of human society. It is a tool to remove personal responsibility and demand conformity. Their goal is to impose a one-world socialist tyranny on all of us while they retain all the wealth and power for themselves. If you need an example, here is Boris Johnson, Prime Minister of Great Britain, speaking his mind at the recent G7 meeting. The G7 meeting is a meeting of the economic powers on earth. They are talking about what they can do to eliminate our individual freedom from a financial point of view. That's what they are discussing. They're discussing the tools such as eliminating money, making us use credit cards and debit cards instead of cash, all of that so they can control the ebb and flow of money all over the world. That's what their intentions are. It's called the Great Reset, and we should be very much afraid of that. So here, however, is Boris Johnson, Prime Minister of Great Britain, speaking his mind at the opening of the recent G7 meeting. Listen to what he's saying and how it echoes everything that you've been hearing in the media for months. I think that is what uh, the people of the uh, of our countries now want us to, to focus on. They want us to be sure that we're beating the pandemic together and discussing how we'll never have a repeat of what we've seen, but also that we're building back better together and, and building back greener and building back fairer and building back more equal and uh, how shall I, more, in, in, in a more gender neutral and perhaps a more feminine way. How about that, apart from anything else? So uh, those are some of the objectives that we have before us at, at Carbis Bay. I think that is what uh, the people of, the, uh, of our countries now want us to, 
to focus on. They want us to be sure that we're beating the pandemic together and discussing how we'll never have a repeat of what we've seen, but also that we're building back better together and, and building back greener and building back fairer and building back more equal and uh, how shall I, more, in, in, in a more gender neutral and perhaps like a more feminine way. How about that, apart from anything else? So uh, those are some of the objectives that we have before us at, at Carbis Bay. This audio clip merely shows in an open and brazen manner how little each of us matter to the arrogant elitists who intend to steal our property while enriching themselves and planning future lives of wealth and ease at our expense. We all thought that Boris the Clown was on our side. After all, he supported Brexit, didn't he? Why are you surprised that he really is one of the elite, after all? He's just no different than all of the other wealthy and ultra-wealthy people all over the world who intend to use their wealth to insulate themselves from the socialist tyranny that they intend to put down on us. We have been betrayed by most legislators at all levels. We are ignored by the useful idiots in various bureaucracies and abandoned by the judiciary, including the constitutionally challenged and otherwise compromised Supreme Court. If H.R. 1 succeeds, our right to secure elections, the most important tool we have to maintain individual freedom, will also have been eliminated to us. If our nation is to survive, patriots must stand up to break the cycle of compromise. Remember the Declaration of Independence? All men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with unalienable rights, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That is the linkage that is being broken. This is so important. We consent to be governed as long as the government protects and secures those natural law rights that are unalienable. And we repeat that. That's the key linkage in the Declaration of Independence. And the, the key linkage that is supposed to be protected and secured by the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, the linkage that we consent to be governed as long as the government protects and secures those natural law rights that are unalienable. The only question left now is, what are you going to do about it? When the feds come to erect a fence 50 feet on each side of the stream running through your pasture to keep you out and maybe your cattle out, what are you going to do about it? At times like these, I recall the patriotism of our founders and the words of Patrick Henry. You all know what he said. 
I don't have to repeat that. Remember, the government cannot prevent individual acts of secession. And what are those? When an individual stands up and says, I will not comply. I will not comply with your unconstitutional rules, regulations, and laws. I will not comply. This is Dr. Dan. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Right this morning. 